Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We have a lot to get to today. My Patriot Supply is our sponsor. The world's a crazy place. I'm going to tell you more about Israel today and Washington as well. Disaster can come in many, many forms. And when it does, it's so important for both you and your family that you are prepared. That means thinking ahead and making sure you have the supplies you need to ride out whatever might be coming. Um, Emergency food supply. Really, really important. With My Patriot Supply, you can get a three-month emergency food kit, and you're going to save $200 off the regular price. It's a great variety of breakfast, lunch, dinner, and uh, drinks, snacks, everything. Meals offer 2,000 calories a day. They're easy to prepare. Go to preparewithglenn.com and save $200 on your food security. Order today by 3, and you'll get free shipping same day. It is preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. A lot to cover. Uh, We begin in just a second. There's a lot going on. Joe Biden is on his way to Israel. Uh, He'll be there tomorrow just in time to delay any kind of uh, escalation of anything. Is this really to help Israel or is this to hurt Israel? Uh, We'll have more on that insanity, including the insanity of what's going on in Washington. Jim Jordan is up for election today. Uh, It requires the House Republicans to get their crap together and actually come together and do what's right for the country Uh, quickly. Let me give you some names of the undecided. If this is your congressman in your state, call them. Uh, David Joyce, Ohio. Steve Womack, Arkansas. Blake Moore, Utah. Uh, Ken, or excuse me, Jen Kiggins in uh, Virginia. Lori Chavez de Remer in Oregon. Andrew Garabino and Juan Siscomani uh, as well, New York and Arizona. Jake Elzey from Texas. Uh, Nick Lalada and Anthony D'Esposito uh, of New York, still undecided as well. There's a bunch, too, that have said no. We can give you those names maybe yeah. later on in the program. I got to tell you, Chip Roy is going to be with us here in a second. We just did a survey. When we ask you to call Congress, do you call Congress? It was about 40% said yes. Now, that's a lot different than it used to be. 
do you think calling your member of Congress actually makes a difference? Out of uh, 2,000 votes, over half of them said, no, no, I really don't. Do you think your congressman or congresswoman represents you? 1,141 said no. 320 said yes. You got to get on the phone with Congress today. This is a breaking point. If the Republicans don't elect Jim Jordan today, God only knows what we're going to get. Thanks a lot, Mr. Gates. Appreciate it. No, seriously. Have a freaking plan before you blow things up. Call your congressman. Now we're going to switch gears quickly for about 20 minutes. I got to tell you, give you an update on what's happening in the rest of the world in 60 seconds. First, your dog cares about you. Of course he does. I mean, you know, he's your dog. He cares about you. And you know that because you would have gotten a cat if you wanted an animal that didn't care about you. Anyway, the feeling goes both ways, I know. You can feed your dog the very best, even with kibble food. Whatever you're feeding your dog, just put rough greens on top of it. And it has all of the vitamins and nutrients and probiotics that your dog needs. Not a dog food, it's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black that you sprinkle on the dog's food and you get the first trial bag free. Just pay for shipping, call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Call Rough Greens today. Okay, well, let me, I, I guess... I guess let me start with this. Most Americans today, this is a new study, shows the cost of groceries, gas, and just keeping a roof over your head is the main priority. A new study shows the worry about retirement is now a thing of the past because, not because it's far off or, you know, I've already got my retirement taken care of, but rather they don't even see it on the horizon anymore. They're no longer seeing that far in advance. Instead, they're looking Americans today, more specifically at today's breakfast or what's for tonight's dinner. We're at the beginning of something, gang. We are at the beginning. Tough times are coming. And when we get distracted by our own life in America, darkness grows and seizes the opportunity to do the unspeakable. Remember don't let a good crisis go to waste. That could be spoken by Satan himself. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. And I told you in 2009, almost every day, chaos. Chaos is going to be the word for the future. And you need to be as far away from chaos as you possibly can. And chaos causes people to turn away. When the world shut down for COVID, what happened? The Chinese took Hong Kong. All of those hundreds of thousands of people that we, we watched march, carrying American flags, hoping that the day of freedom was on the horizon for them. They didn't know at the time that the Wuhan virus brew was bubbling up and being worked on by the same government that was taking pictures of each of them and finding out who they were. As China forced the rest of the world into lockdown, as they were literally welding their people into their homes and sending drones to tell those trapped 
to fight the demons inside of you that tells you you should be free. While all of that was happening, we turned inward. We logically worried about ourselves, our job, our business, most of all, our loved ones. That's normal. That's why I tell you to prepare now. Because those times are coming and they're going to be harder. As the government lies continued, both here and in China, as they lied and lied and distracted us. And the rest of the world, the Chinese government was not distracted. Our government wasn't distracted. As to never let a crisis go to waste, they went door to door and they found the leaders of that freedom movement in Hong Kong. How many people does a government need to round up before the everyday citizen that was standing with them or thinking about freedom decides to shut up, sit down, or worse yet, turn on members of their own family or friends? We've seen this cycle before. It swept the world about a hundred years ago. All for the good of the collective. All for science. Eugenics. A new world. Scientifically born. Good Germans sat down, said nothing, because they were worried about the food on their table. And I get it. But soon, because of that, it wasn't their biggest concern. How many that they worried about feeding were soon made into sausage by the war-hungry machine? How many of the sweet children they tucked in tonight, just a few short years later, had been so indoctrinated in some sick, twisted ideology of death that they would even turn their own parents in? Most people don't realize the Germans whispered, not only because the Nazis might have listening devices in their house, but also because in many cases, those listening devices were their own children. They had become activists for an evil state. And it happens the same every, every time. Divide and conquer. Divide the races. Divide the religions. Divide the parties. And then reunite as many people as you can under this new ideology and make them into zealots. This new ideology is as old as time itself. Evil just puts on a new face time and time again. Last time, it just put on a nice Hugo Boss designed uniform. And it convinces a new generation that doesn't remember the past, the conflict, the chaos, the poverty that that system creates and then exploits is enough to keep most people busy and not looking up or forward. I want to talk to you today about entering this time period because we are here. And may I ask, are we already tired of the news of Hamas and Israel? Are we already done with that? I mean, Ukraine, in my opinion, is bad guys versus evil guys. I don't know who to pick because I don't see a good guy in sight on either side. But this one is truly good versus evil. And this one doesn't require us to fight the battle. We don't need to fight. They're not asking us to fight. They would just like some support 
when they fight. It's been over a week now, just about a week. And the world is going back to normal already. In the first few days, Israel didn't stand alone. The images and the atrocities were so clear that the world had a slap across the face and they woke up for a minute, sat up in bed. And then with breathtaking speed, normal assumptions are reasserting themselves. Is this, is this just intellectual and moral laziness? Suddenly, all the politicians, news outlets again, speaking the language of the cycle of violence and proportionality. Israel shouldn't go too far. What? What do you mean? There is no moral equivalence here. The sides are not equivalent. There is no symmetry here. There is no moral equivalence. There is no Israeli oppression in Gaza and no Israeli war crimes. Not that they're perfect. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. There's plenty of misery to go around. And there are plenty of war crimes. And there's one reason. Because there is plenty of Hamas. We all know how Biden economics have really turned this place around, right? 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 Aren't you feeling the glory of Biden economics? What do you think Hamas does? And just like Biden economics will blame someone else, Hamas has the built-in recipe. All they have to do is blame the Israelis. But every piece of human suffering in Gaza is on Hamas. Want more peace? Have less Hamas. I don't know anybody that has a, a, a bloodlust to have more innocent casualties. But you know what? You can't go into another country and kill people's moms, dads, their children, and then hide behind your own children. Uh, I mean, your babies are going to get hurt. And that's on Hamas. That's not on Israel. Every innocent harmed in Gaza is, is on Hamas. Israel's, Israel is exactly like us. We do ridiculously expensive things. Do you know how much our missiles cost? Do you know how much our bombs cost? Because they're all smart. They all have computers. They all have cameras to be used once and then destroyed. Do you know how much that costs? Why do we do that? Because we are for life. We're for life. That's what never again really means. Life. But that's not what it is. That's not what it is with Hamas. They want all Jews dead. They want to wash the world in Jewish blood. And then our blood. That is the highest aspiration for their children. A martyr's death, preferably with a side of dead babies, apparently. They love, they love death. We love life. This is what they shout. They love life. We love death. They, they, they chant that. Those are not my words. That's Hamas's word. So how is it we're going to sit down and have a conversation with people? 
See, this is the problem we're having in America. We're not at this divide, but we're close. Have you seen the protests all over the Western world? Have you seen the protests here in America that are supporting Hamas after the killing of babies and children and moms and dads? Have you seen the videos? This is the beginning of the end of the Western world. We used to stand for something. And believe me, the Israelis are not asking for America to join and come in the war. They're not. They'll fight it themselves. Nobody is looking for a kumbaya of nations. Nobody. They're just looking for somebody just to stand up and go, you're okay. You're okay. I understand. We all have to pay attention right now, right now, or we unfortunately will not be able to pay attention at all for a very long time. What do we tell our kids about the world? What do we say about never again? Is it even a thing? What do we tell? Is there such a thing as an enlightened civilization, a community, a nations? Are we all part of it? Or are we all on our own? There is good and evil. And what used to make America different and the Western world is that there was a standard that was universal and absolute. And it was for everybody, not just this side or that side. It was for everybody. It wasn't up for negotiation. It does mean we both have choices. And some of those choices are right choices. And some of those choices are wrong choices. Are there anybody? Is there anybody? Is there any nation, any nation that still remembers that? We don't have to tell our children and the Israelis don't have to tell their children that they're alone or they're helpless. Like our own politicians are telling our own kids that they're dependent on the world's goodwill. They have to look to a politician. No, no. We have to tell them the truth. And Israelis have to tuck their kids in tonight and tell them the truth. They have to bear the truth as they grow up. They will have to hold up the light of truth. They will need to make sure that they are on God's side. And if they're doing, if they're doing it, God willing, there will still be Judeo-Christian nations who will stand with them. God willing, if we tell the truth, maybe we can all begin to look at our retirement and what we want to do when we finally all grow up. When most of your time is spent in pain, the thing that you're constantly looking for is pure and simple hope. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you're down, you're thinking this is never going to end. It can, it can. The three-week quick start of Relief Factor is 1995, and it's a trial pack. It's not a drug. It's uh, all natural ingredients, so it's not going to whack you out. But more than a million people have bought Relief Factor's quick start, and about 70% of them go on to order more month after month. I'm one of them. ReliefFactor.com. Call them now. ReliefFactor.com. Just try it. 
800-4-RELIEF. Try it for three weeks. Take it as directed. If it's not working, it's probably not going to work for you. ReliefFactor.com. 70%. Go on to order month after month. 800, the number four, relief. Get out of pain. Get your life back. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. Well, as Joe Biden says, we're the United States of America. We can we can do more than one thing. Can we? Can we? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. And I'm certainly not sure uh, that the Republicans can. Uh, the Republicans. Thank you, Matt Gates, uh, for this brilliant idea of getting rid of. And I want you to know. I was passionate as well. But if you listen back to this program, Stu and I were both saying, um, maybe a plan, maybe a plan. They didn't have a plan. And now today might be the last chance to get somebody decent as Speaker of the House. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, Jordan is, I will say, closer than I expected him to get. I mean, I was pretty pessimistic they'd be able to get Jordan through, not because I don't like Jordan. I think he'd be a very good Speaker of the House. But just a lot of people don't like him, you know, Um, and and again, it's a lot of the people I don't like that don't like him, (laughs) you know, know. but again, they have their votes. These are real people in in the conference that you have to deal with. Stop being in third grade. I don't care if you like somebody or not. I really don't. I don't care if you like them. You're not going to go through life liking everybody and stop thinking it's third grade. And well, I'm not going to give you my vote. Good heavens, grow up. The country is at stake. I want you to call your congressman today, this morning. They vote at noon Eastern time. I want you to call your congressman and say, what the hell are you doing? If you lose the house, if you compromise and give us some panty ass wussy who's in bed with the Democrats, you're done. And I will take every dollar I have to fund competitors <laughs> against you. I will campaign. I'll make signs. I'll put them in the yard. I will campaign against you. I will not forget. That's what I would say. But I would say it with a much more reasonable tone. But make sure they understand. You're done with me. And I and my friends will campaign against you. You vote for Jim Jordan today. Vote for Jim Jordan. Otherwise, what's your plan? The Democrats? The Glenn Beck Program. Well, we're going to get somebody on less passionate than I am on this. Uh, Chip Roy is joining us in just a minute. (laughs) Out of the tragedy of 9-11, Tunnel to Towers Foundation rose like a phoenix from the ashes. And it's been delivering on its promise at the time to do good and never forget the sacrifice of America's greatest heroes. The people who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Police officers, firemen, and those in the service. I want to tell you about Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. He's from Bristol, Connecticut, fatally shot in a domestic violence incident. He left behind two children and a wife pregnant with their third child. This is a family member of my wife. Uh, like, I don't remember how we're related, but we found out through Facebook and that this happened. And she was like, my gosh, that's my family. And you know, when we found out after 
the Tunnel to Towers Foundation had already taken their house, and it was days after the shooting. It's a remarkable organization. If you have, if you have eleven dollars a month, could you donate eleven dollars a month to Tunnel to Towers at T the number two T dot org? That's T the number two T dot org. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Chip Roy, coming up. Let me go to uh, our good friend, one of the very few in Washington, Chip Roy. Hello, Chip. How are you? Doing great, Glenn. How are you? Uh, I'd like a plan. You know, I'd like the Republicans to have a plan. I'd like them to succeed from time to time. Uh, it, you know, this this um, vote today with Jim Jordan looks like, uh, I mean, it looks close at least. But close, if we were playing hand grenades, would count. But we're not playing hand grenades. Is is. Tell me the situation in Washington. Well, I, I see what you did there with the uh, horseshoes and hand grenades reference. The uh, <laughs> look, <laughs> um, look. Let me just first try to say, like us to have a plan. I agree with you, uh, Glenn. Look, I, I have a plan. Uh, a number of us have a plan in terms of what we believe we ought to be doing to constrain spending, use the appropriations pro- process to stop what's going on here with the abuse of our liberties and. Uh, you know, tyrannical government to secure the border. We passed a bill to do that. I mean, everybody needs to remember. So we're not always in despair. We passed the best border bill we've ever passed. That took an enormous amount of work. Now we got to do something with it. That's the whole point. We've got to stand strong. Stop giving a blank check to Ukraine. All those things. We do have a plan to try to wrestle this government back from a tyrannical president. But now the question is how we're going to do it and how much we get Republicans to do the right thing. And remember, 10 years ago today, or give or take today, 10 years ago this month, we just ended the uh, Obamacare shutdown when I was Ted Cruz's chief of staff. We were meeting in the basement of Tortilla Coast, a little rump group of 10 members of Congress and Ted Cruz. Now we have the Freedom Caucus. It's been formed. Jim Jordan helped form it. Donald Trump has come into the White House and shaken up this town. We've had an enormous change in that you would do you can you imagine if 10 years ago we had said jim jordan might become speaker no. of the house no no no. this so, is a i mean the upside is very very good i'm not concerned about your plan or you know some that i support in in washington i i'm very concerned about those whose plan includes hey you know what maybe we can get a real moderate to you know uh team up with the democrats and then we could rule together oh my gosh well, so, Glenn, yes, some of that rhetoric is crazy. Now, a lot of it's overstated, right? I mean, I had a conversation with one of my colleagues, I'm not going to name, who's one of the few, uh, and he was upset because he said people are out there saying, I'm going to go cut a deal for Hakeem Jeffries. He's like, I'm never going to do that. He's a socialist. He's crazy. So a lot of that is overstated. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, our perspective is we'll go to the floor. Jim's been working it all weekend. I was working it all weekend. I was calling colleagues. We were working to figure out a plan and work, you know, work through it. We'll see what happens. Right now, the numbers are somewhere between 5 and 10, I think. You never know how the dynamic plays on the floor. But once you have to cast your vote, look, I've been there. <laughs> Remember? Once you have to cast your vote, there's a lot of eyes of the world on you. There's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure. 
So you got to have a reason. Like we had a reason. We wanted to change this place. Kevin, to his credit, helped us change this place, just not as fast and as far, frankly, as we needed to go. So we moved the ball forward. Now let's figure out how to get the right coach in there now to finish the job or the right quarterback, whatever you know analogy you want to use. Right. And so we'll see what happens on the floor today. I think it's going to be somewhere around 8 to 10-ish in the first round. And then we're going to have to pull off and go talk to those individuals and try to get them over the hump. And that's just where we are right now. And we're, this is all being laid bare before the world and the, and the American people that the, the battle for the soul of this country isn't just red shirt, blue shirt. It's really inside the Republican Party where we're trying to change the Republican Party to be a party that is fighting for the hardworking American against this town. For too long, this party has been too much of this town. This is a hard effort, and we're going around the clock trying to do it. I'm actually amazed we've taken it as far as we have. I am too. You and I both just are watching the country burning to the ground, and we're like, guys, there's no more time. Get the extinguishers, and let's get busy rebuilding. So that's where you and I are. That's where the bulk of the Republican Party is moving towards. But we got we got to get 200 and, you know, sufficient number, 217 plus in order to get there. Okay, so let me go over the list of some people that are on the fence and tell me, or unless you know some names that could use some uh, nice urging from their constituents today, who who would benefit from that? Well, let me let me first stipulate this and bear me bear out for a second. I have worked with some colleagues over the last three days to move the needle. And I, and I said, look, I am not going to get into the personal finger pointing game, at least until we get to the floor. Now, once you vote, then it's on you. You're going to have to own the vote. So I'm trying to be a little careful, me personally, right. between now and today at noon. Because you can imagine, there's a lot of personal engagement with individuals to get them over the hump. So but I will, what I will tell you is there's a lot of public lists that are pretty darn accurate in terms of the call it five, six, seven. I saw a list today of about seven that are, you know, the ones that have publicly been saying that, hey, they're going to vote for Kevin McCarthy or they're going to vote, you know, for Steve Scalise or they're going to vote for someone else. And it's mostly wrapped around being frustrated that Kevin got deposed uh, by just eight individuals. Get over it. Plus Democrats. And, And some are frustrated because they thought Scalise should be next man up. And, you know, that didn't happen for a variety of reasons. And some of them are just mad at Matt Gates and those that, that pulled the motion to vacate. And I've just told them, I said, look, you got to get over that, right? That's not what this is about. What this is about is right now unifying in order to go beat Democrats. We have one year to the election. We've got to go fight right now to make sure that whatever we do for Israel is very focused, targeted, paid for, and is not used to go be an excuse for Ukraine. We've got to go right now, make sure that we go fight to secure the border. We've got to go right now, make sure that they're not going to do a blank check to Ukraine. We've got to go right now, fight to hold spending in check and hold this administration accountable. There are a thousand things for us to be focusing on, and internecine party skirmishes is not one of them. This is a tough thing. Let's get there, and let's go unite for the American people. That is my message right now between now and people voting. Now, once people vote, they got to answer for it. they got to explain why. And it ain't good enough to say, I don't like Matt Gates and I'm mad. you got to have a reason. What is your reason? What are you doing? Why is Jim Jordan not the guy right now to help us unite to beat Democrats? That's the question we should be asking every single member who does not vote for Jim at, you know, whatever it's going to be, noon Eastern. 
Okay. Um, I'd love to have you on like some, one of my social medias or something after the vote because I'm finished at noon Eastern time. Happy, uh, happy to do it. You uh, know. Okay, good. I'll have somebody reach out. We'll set it up if, you know, then, then, then their votes are on their own heads. And uh, let's mobilize people. Absolutely. A, and, and, and Glenn, we'll, we'll be happy to do it and talk about it. And uh, look, everybody out there, though, I can tell you this. Call your member of Congress and make sure they're supporting Jim Jordan. Light up the phones all day today uh, and, and, and make sure that your voices are heard, heard. Okay. Thank you, Chip. I appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. God bless you. One of the good guys. Uh, and there's lots of them. There are. They're actually more than ever. I mean, think of this. This, if Jim Jordan gets in today, this is... The, everybody said the Tea Party was dead. Everybody said the, you know, constitution constitutionalist was dead. And they the Republicans have done everything to kill it. But think of this. Having Jim Jordan as the Speaker of the House, what could get done? What could get done, America? This is not politics as usual. And if it becomes that, then we hold Jim Jordan's feet to the fire. But this is not politics as usual. This is a game-changing opportunity. And I will say, what he can get done is limited, right? He's just, they just have the House. They don't have the Senate. They don't have the... Correct. But at least the House would be moving things forward. Number one, yes. Number two, one of the things they can do are these investigations. And I don't know that there is a better person on the investigation part of this than that you would want in control than Jim Jordan. Yes. I mean, he is the guy who's going to be a junkyard dog going after every little bit of this. And, and that means you can shut the money off for the uh, the FBI. You can shut the money off for um, the IRS. If, if you have the house, you at least have a, a fight. You at least have a, a horse in the game. You know, without that, you got nothing. And I'm sick and tired of the, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to do this as soon as we get the House, the Senate, and the White House. No. Do something with what you have. Do something. That's how you get, you know, at least in my business, if somebody has something and they're doing and they're, they have the least amount of stuff, but all of a sudden they're doing incredible stuff. I then give them more resources to do more. What we do, we have a bunch of people that are like, yeah, I need those resources before I can do anything. That's not the way the world works now. Okay, it's not. You show me what you can do, and then I'll give you a few more resources. Then show me what you can do, and then I'll give you a few more resources. Enough of this. Call your house member today. Make sure they're voting for Jim Jordan. This is historic if it happens. Absolutely historic. And it will change everything. And Gates, you will have played Russian roulette, but neither of us got our head blown off. And the country lives to fight another day. And God bless you. It's a great analogy. Maybe not the best party game, but hey, if you no. both survive, if, well, great, great. Maybe things are going to be better, I'm and they fine. would be better with Jordan. They I think. would be. Um, by the way, one of the congressmen that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, uh, it is Siskamani uh, from New York. 
He uh, is a yes on Jim Jordan. So this just happened as we were Good. doing uh, talking this hour. He was a, uh, a un- no? undecided. Undecided. He was undecided. He was one of the people that had not announced. He said he was going to announce Wednesday morning. True to his word, he did. And he has announced that he will vote for Jim Jordan. Good. Now, I'm looking. I've looked at it. Can we do a little nerd math here first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 435 people in Congress, mm-hmm. right? Normally, there are two vacant seats. You're at 433. Um, you have to then subtract the people that are not going to be there for whatever reason. There's one guy that I know of who's going to be at a funeral. So that's at 432. You've got also some present votes. that If someone votes present, it's going to change the math a little bit. Correct. But still, this still means as of right now, he needs to get to 217. That number could change to 216 or 215, depending on what goes on with the present mm-hmm. votes or who shows up today. Um, right now, uh, 221 Republicans. Uh, now, one of them is at a funeral today. So you're at 220, really. Oh, my gosh. You can only lose three? Uh, you can lose three. three. Now, he can't, he'll be back. So if, if they were that close, they could re-vote and he would vote on the right side. He wouldn't get through on the first vote. But you can really only lose three or f- you know, four, let's just say, is, the, is the, probably the real number long term. There seems to be about seven who are saying no, no. Like, and I mean, you know... Some of them will say, well, I'm going to meet with them today and we'll see if something changes. Stuff like that. But they are saying outwardly they are a no. There are another four to six that look like they're saying they're leaning no, but they or they're, they won't say anything about how they're going to vote before the vote. Um, but some of those are gettable. Like, and I'll give you an example of this. Victoria Sparts, who we've had on the show, who's really, really good. She's very frustrated with the process and how this has worked. I get it. So am I. And so, so, and I, it's an understandable. Now, you know, uh, Ms. Sparts, she's not the type that's just going to be won over. She's, you know, very, very strong on stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's very principled and she believes the principle here is a problem. What she's saying publicly, however, is if they, if Jordan does not have the votes, she's going to vote present. Okay. Now, why? Anyway, but go ahead. We don't have time. Go ahead. The point being, though, see that seems to say if he does have the votes, there's a chance she's going to vote for him. What her problem is just on how they basically, you know, gone about this process. She's not against Jordan as a person. Um, so you think in the situation where we've got a Speaker of the House Jordan on the line, she might come along. I mean, these are people that aren't necessarily definite no's. Quickly, give me the states. Just give me the states. The congressmen of the states. Quickly, uh, of the seven. I don't have you that don't have it? Okay. handy, but okay. I could. We're, we're going to take a quick break, yeah. and then we'll come back and give that. Um, you know those old shoe boxes that you have, the ones that are stuffed full of pictures that you can you know barely get the lid on? What are you doing with those? They're sitting under a bed or in a closet. Or worse, they could be in your really hot or cold or really hot and then cold garage. Um, they're not being shared with anybody. Time to change that by dis- digitize them with the new photo box from Legacy Box. You can get VIP access to this no- new photo Legacy Box and you get your family's photos professionally scanned for as low as seven cents. That's 76% less than what other brands charge. I've been singing the praises of Legacy Box for years now. They've preserved many of my extended family and my photographs as well. Over time, they stop them from fading or being destroyed. Also, Legacy Box digitizes over 15 other types of analog media. So you can get your favorite memories saved forever. 
Time is running out to take action on these old formats because they go to dust or fade away entirely. Take advantage of this exclusive offer from the new Photo Legacy Box today. Preserve your pass for as low as seven cents. It's LegacyBox.com slash Beck. That's LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, here are the people that you need to call that are on the fence or or voting against. Yeah, let's look at the no's because yeah. you need no's, not just the fence people. Okay. Mario Diaz-Ballart from Florida won't vote for Jordan. He is close to Scalise. He was put off by Jordan and how he treated Scalise. That's fine. Get over it. Please, just get over it. Ken Buck from Colorado been turned off by Jordan's questioning of Biden's 2020 victory. Great. Jordan, give him. Yeah, he won. He won. <laughs> Just say it. He won. John Rutherford uh, says he's casting his vote for McCarthy. He's not running. Okay. Don Bacon says he'll vote for McCarthy on the first ballot. Bacon said he uh, could left open the possibility that he could vote for someone else on a later ballot. Okay. Get over it. McCarthy's um, not running. Mike Lawther, Lawler says uh, he will vote for McCarthy's from New York. Okay, you're going to lose. Um, let's, let's have, let's have a winning all, attitude. Lawler also said he won't be the deciding vote against Jordan. So that's, that's good. Important. Uh, Carlos Jimenez from Florida still backing McCarthy. Mike Kelly voting for Scalise. Um, Marionette uh, Miller-Meeks from Iowa says she's undecided, but privately suggested she's a no, according to Punchbowl News, by the way. Please call these congresspeople. And just say, please, I understand you have differences. Please put the country first. Vote for Jim Jordan, please. The Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you a little bit about cleaning your guns. Um, Barrel Buddy is a new sponsor of ours. And I found Barrel Buddy, I don't know, a year ago or something. We were up at the ranch and we were cleaning. And um, a friend had sent me some Barrel Buddies. And uh, my wife is like, you're not cleaning the gun in the house. I'm like, honey, we just want to sit at the kitchen. You're not cleaning it in the house. It makes a mess. Okay. Barrel Buddy takes all of that. I mean, she still won't let me clean it in the house, but now it's just because she's being stubborn. Um, but Barrel Buddy is so great. It is this little 3D cylinder made up of polymers, and it goes inside the barrel. You just push it through, and it, it it's amazing. It cleans the interior of the uh, barrel, including the rifling, and then collects everything. And, you know, it's not a mess. Barrel Buddy made entirely in the United States by a company that shares your values deeply. Go to BarrelBuddy.com today and check this out. It's revolutionary. BarrelBuddy.com uh, right now. BarrelBuddy.com. Get yours. Clean your uh, the barrel of your of your gun and not make a mess. I mean, when your wife is gone, clean it in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Use the kitchen table. And she won't notice. She won't notice. And you'll be saying, honey, I did it. I've done it for years. You've just been gone at the time you didn't know. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, 
You can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Looks like we are maybe seven to ten votes away from Jim Jordan being the Speaker of the House. And when you listen to the people who are saying they're voting against, a lot of it is because, well, I don't like Jim Jordan because of the way he treated X, Y, and Z. Can you please put that aside, please? The country is on fire. I know you may not like him. You're not going to like everybody in life. Uh, Please put your country first. Well... You know, uh, he won't definitively say that that uh, Donald Trump lost the election. Jim, just say it. Just say it. Really. The country's on fire. Just say it. I don't care. Can we get past these petty things? We are. The issues of today are so gigantic. And I got news for you. So are you. So are you. So is each one of us that was born at this time. You are a giant. You just have to order things in the proper order of importance. And quite honestly, your feelings are not high on the priority. We begin with who you really are and what needs to happen. And I mean today. You need to call your congressman if they're on this list. We just gave it to you. We'll give it again. Stu, tweet it out from my uh, platform, will you? From my ex. Um, I want you to. I want you to call your congressman. You've got about two hours, and I know that you know. I don't do that. It doesn't make it different. It might. It might today. Please. Call your congressman. We'll give you more on that coming up in just a second. First, real estate agents, I trust. There's a lot of responsibility when it comes to helping you buy or sell a home. 
and the real estate agent acts as kind of a firewall or safety between you and the sometimes terrifying amount of work that goes in through the whole real estate process. When you have a good agent, you know it. When you have a bad one, you know it. That's why I started Real Estate Agents I Trust. We work with the people we feel are the best real estate agents in your area. We put them through the ringer, make sure that they have the best practices. The people who have decided to make this their full-time occupation and who throw themselves all the way in it. We work with the agents whom we vetted fully, have a great track record of getting the job done, using the best practices of the industry, all from the starting point all the way to the ending point. They're listening to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Whether you're moving across the street or across the nation, let us know. We'll find the right real estate agent to represent you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. In a small village in Poland during World War II, there was a woman, a nurse, named Irina Sendler. She had soft eyes and a calm demeanor. But she had the heart of a giant and a lion. And she risked absolutely everything. She had her priorities in the right order. If you know her story, let me tell you just a little bit more, perhaps some things you didn't know. Risking everything, this woman by herself got papers that allowed her to enter the Warsaw Ghetto. The ghetto was a prison in every single way except by name. It was just a walled-off section of the cities. They walled it off. The Nazis forced all of the Jews, the undesirables, to live behind it, out of sight and out of mind. Irina saw beyond the bricks and mortar. To her, these people, the children, were never out of sight or mind. How many of us today say, I don't have time. I don't want to get involved. That was the case back then. But the consequences were much higher than they are now. If people had just done little risky things, you know, paid more attention to what was really going on and stood against little things. Perhaps Irina wouldn't have had to do this. But she acquired the forged papers and they allowed her to enter the ghetto, not to inspect sanitary conditions as her badge claimed. Her job was to smuggle out children. It was a daily daring operation of hope. Every time she entered, she walked on the razor's edge. Her heart raced, knowing the weight of her secret could be her undoing. And every time she entered, that was harrowing enough. But it was her exit every day that was the real danger. Every day she'd go into the ghetto and she'd find a way to smuggle a child or two out. She would smuggle them out in a toolbox, in a bag, sometime, sometimes beneath a tram or an ambulance. 
she carefully selected a network. And she managed to save 2,500 children from certain death, one child at a time. Imagine. But as she walked out of the ghetto, each time she was carrying a child, she carried more with her. Each time she left the ghetto, her pockets were full of tiny little mementos of the desperate parents. A photo or a locket or a scribbled note. The final messages to the world. Placed in the trusting hands of a stranger. She kept all of those hidden in a place she only knew about. The Gestapo eventually caught wind of her deeds. There was rumors of an angel that was helping, and they were too loud to be ignored. You see, evil has its plans, and it will go after every angel, because every angel disrupts its chaos, its evil, and its mission, in this case, to liquidate every Jew on earth. They found the angel. The Gestapo captured and tortured her. They needed her to talk. They needed her secrets. How? Who? Why? They broke her legs. They broke her feet. Even under intense pain, she never revealed the identities of the children she saved or any of the collaborators. She never revealed any of the secrets she held personally. Oh, had they only known just that one secret, how different things might have been. Her friends, believe it or not, managed to bribe her way out of her execution. They get her out. They heal. Broken legs, broken feet. They get her off the gallows. Only to see her then, after she's been healed, to continue her work under a different name. We can't relate to it here like they can over in Europe. Communities never really healed. We're much more like children in America, we're much more trusting of our neighbors and our government because we've never had it really turn on us before. We've never until recently had neighbors actually spy on one another and turn each other in. It wasn't until COVID. Those scars are left on Europe. They were left on Irina, physical and deep within her soul. Post-war Poland tried to move on, but now the communists were in. And the memories lingered like an unending winter. Irina was celebrated by many, but she kept her most profound secret locked away. It wasn't until later when a tattered old diary surfaced. Its pages were yellowed with time. It wasn't her diary. It actually belonged to a, a child 
that she had kept hidden as she rescued others and hid others. The pages were filled with sketches of the tiny attic hideout. It's full of nightmares and dreams of freedoms. You can almost hear in reading it the hushed lullabies sung in the dark, feel the cold gusts through the attic floorboards, and the sense of the unspoken understanding between the two lives in this diary intertwined in a web of secrets and sacrifices and unsung heroics. The world really knows of one girl's little diary. Maybe we've forgotten about the other girl's diary, or perhaps we were never taught about this little girl. The stories she told on those pages of her diary didn't happen in Amsterdam. They happened in Warsaw. The diary just chronicled the harrowing tales of a little girl watching her mother leave night after night, not knowing if mom would ever return. It's the tale of a young girl watching her mother disappear nightly. Her mom was Irina Sendler, the nurse. Unbeknownst to anyone else, these two shared their peril, their most guarded secret. In her bid to save thousands, Irina was also racing against time to save her own daughter from the jaws of death. Nobody knew, but Irina herself was Jewish, and she was hiding in plain sight. All of those years, she wasn't just saving the children of others. She also knew the importance of keeping her own heritage, her own daughter, and at that time, the importance of keeping it secret. In the pages of that diary are all the trinkets and the photos and the lockets of hair, the silent promises for, from parents to children, each item a desperate plea, remember me. Today, strangely, once again, the world stands on the threshold of insanity. And we can still see the truth. It's just right behind us. And we teeter on the edge. Are we going to step across this threshold or are we going to turn around and close this door? Will we actually listen to those cries, those pleas that have been silenced for so long? Remember me. Most people don't even remember her name. Most people are long forgotten and we memorize the names of great generals and battles and dates, but we really don't know their story. Her story is not really, her name is not really important. Her story is what matters. Her story is what will inspire others. There's no big statue of Irina. There's just a simple tree now planted in her honor in Jerusalem. 
that bears the testament to a life dedicated to standing up and just doing the next right thing. Never again is now. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Holidays are coming up. Ah, good. A little more financial stress just to throw in the fire. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know. Everything's more expensive right now, and if you're like a lot of Americans, you either are or about to dump a lot of that expense on the credit cards. That's only going to put you farther behind the eight ball. You know it, I know it. What if there's a better way? What if there's a way you can get that that hump off of your back? What hump? That hump. Is there a very skilled surgeon that can remove that hump? If you're dealing with debts, maybe it's time to pick up and uh, pick up the phone and call American Financing. American Financing helping people just like you get for, out from under that debt burden and start to realize significant savings. Imagine saving $700 every single month. That would go a long way. Well, that's what they're helping the average customer to save in. And they have things like mortgage refinancing. And that interest is tax deductible. So you put your credit card debt on that uh, mortgage. You can now deduct all of that debt, saving you even more. You're not only going down to like 7% interest from 25% interest. You can write it off. Talk to their salary-based mortgage consultants. No pressure, no upfront fees. You can start today, and you might be able to delay up to two mortgage payments. So call American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, we get busy, we stop looking at things, um, we think we don't make a difference. Um, imagine what Irina Sendler felt like, not making a difference. I mean, did she really know she was making a difference, or did she think this is just a drop in the bucket? You make a difference. Your phone call today to Congress could make a difference. There are, what, 10 people that we've been going over today that are Republicans, and, you know, it's not like it's not like the Republicans that I'm hearing the reason why they will vote today against Jim Jordan. It's not like uh, it's because, well, I'm for the Marxists. It's I don't like Jim Jordan. I understand that. I understand that. And I quite honestly didn't like Kevin McCarthy, but I was for him while he was there. Um. Steve Scalise, I liked, I didn't like the way Jim Jordan uh, treated Steve Scalise. Well, you know what? I like Steve. I really like him. And, you know, I, I wasn't for him over Jim Jordan, but I would have been, and I would have been, I would have been all in the bag for Steve Scalise. Whatever. Steve's not running anymore. McCarthy's not running. These Republicans have a chance today to totally change everything. And quite honestly, I think you should call and say, look, I understand. We've got to do the right thing for the country right now. Please come together. Please. We have to have the Speaker of the House now. And Jim Jordan is a good selection. Please do that. And just I'm not making a threat or anything. I'm just telling you, I will work 
until my fingers bleed to make sure that you're not reelected if you don't. If you if you stop this vote, if you're one of the seven or the ten that stop this, I want you to know you're replaceable. And I will work and all of my friends and we'll pool our money and we'll find somebody to run against you. Because enough is enough. Just do the right thing today. You're not going to win. Steve Scalise is not going to win. McCarthy's not going to win. They're not running. It's Jim Jordan. Yes or no? It's going to be fascinating. uh, There's now reports that the Democrats are trying to uh, float empowering uh, Patrick McHenry, who's the current temporary Speaker of the House. Of course they are. um, To try to get him potentially in. Of course they are. Now, part of this is them trying to just sow chaos, right? Like yes. they, they they know that this would split. Correct. They're trying to make sure. I mean, the number one thing for them is they don't want Jordan to get across the line. Doesn't that tell you something? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep my inside voice. But doesn't that tell you something, Republicans? Yeah. Doesn't that tell you something? <sighs> And the problem with this, too, is Jordan gets really close, which it looks like he's going to. He may or may not get across the line, but he's going to be very close. If he doesn't get across the line, there's going to be so many many people rightfully angry about that. And if those people are angry about that, they will never support the next person on the right that the people who were holdouts recommend. That same spat's going to divide them. And you're going to wind up getting so many people so loyal to... And then put you're gonna, the Democrats all are of this I mean, behind us, please. Ah. Put all of this behind us. This is probably your best shot. Seven people, seven, maybe eight people. Really? Are you going to stand in the way of this? Don't do it. Don't do it. Please. The Glenn Beck Program. Don't make me spend all of the election time making sure you're unseated. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to be annoying if he has to do it. Please don't make him do it. Uh, Have you ever noticed that when you're in pain, it's awfully hard to concentrate on doing just about anything? Practically impossible to enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Pain is a monster constantly trying to eat you alive. And sometimes it feels like it's winning. I say these things because that used to be me. I found Relief Factor. I started taking it. I got my life back. So could you. When you're living with pain, life can be a real struggle sometimes. Finding the right way to deal with that pain isn't fun, but please just give Relief Factor a try. It's not going to whack you out. It was developed by doctors. It's uh, 100% natural, and it's going to hit your inflammation in your body from four different directions. Ibuprofen only uses one. This will hit you four different ways, so that's why 70% of the people that order it go on to order more month after month it's like me it works i'm shocked relieffactor.com call 800 the number four relief 800 for relief or relieffactor.com during the vote i'm going to go live on youtube.com slash stew does america and walk you through each person who comes in yes and yeah no make sure to check it out
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. There's a lot going on uh, in Washington. Jim Jordan's momentum, according to the Washington Examiner, stalled after a closed-door GOP meeting a day before the uh, floor uh, vote. Uh, however, it is looking very close today. We'll see. Um, there were 55 Republicans who vowed to vote against him. Uh, and now we're down to maybe 10 Something like that, Stu? Yeah, I mean, it depends. You know, Chip Roy just said he thought it was going to be around 8 to 10 in this first vote, which is too right. much. He can't win with 8 to 10 Correct. defecting. However, uh, some of those might be winnable. I think I've seen, I mean, what I'm looking at in my list here is I think there's about seven that I think I'm relatively confident or knows. But are they winnable? Can you go to them and say, hey, we'll do X, Y, and Z for you? This is what McCarthy had to do. And McCarthy took a lot of criticism for saying, well, you gave Matt Gates the uh, the possibility of overturning your speakership with one vote. That's what he had to do to get the job. Uh, frankly, and like, look, it's okay. You know, if, if that's what do you want. deal. You got to do the deal if you want to get the job. So to move this along. So uh, let me move it to uh, across the, the town of Washington over to the White House. Uh, the president is headed on over to uh, Israel. Now, if I recall, there were times the president didn't go to disaster areas because, well, he would just get in the way. A presidential visit would get in the way. This is a war zone he's going into now. I, I am not convinced of the innocence of this. Um, I think it is more of a delay tactic. Keep Israel from going in and really decimating things and finishing the job but i'm i'm pessimistic and uh and a little jaded on the politicians especially on the left when it comes to israel jason buttrill is uh with us and he has uh the latest on what is happening in israel how come we haven't seen uh israel go in we thought we were going to see it this weekend really go in and with troops and just go through gaza I've seen a lot of people uh, talk about how they don't think that the ground invasion is likely anymore. And that's not how I read the situation on the ground at all. Um, this is an unprecedented situation that Israel is now in. So not only do they have the pressure campaign from the Biden administration, you know, their top main ally, which I can only imagine. Blinken was in a meeting with Netanyahu yesterday for, what, eight hours Eight hours. What can you imagine the threats that are probably getting lobbed across the table there? They do not want this ground invasion to happen. It is a humanitarian disaster. It absolutely will Good. be. Egypt can take care of it. Yeah, but did you did you see just now the king of Jordan this morning said, speaking on behalf of Jordanians and Egypt, that allowing Palestinian refugees from Gaza is a quote red line. They said it is a red line, and we know what the actors on the ground would do. Gee, well, I wonder what he's talking about there. Because the last time this happened was in 1970, Glenn. 1970, after the, after the Six-Day War, they allowed tons of Palestinian refugees in from the West Bank because there was nowhere for them to go, exactly like now. What happened? Instantly, the Palestinians kicked off a civil war in Jordan and even tried to assassinate the king of Jordan. And the Jordanians had to kick them out. They had to go to Lebanon. What happened in Lebanon after that? Well, gee, a, a civil war broke out in Lebanon. I mean, this these are terrorists. It happens every time. The entire Arab world knows this. That's why the ground invasion has to happen. Has to. 
This has got to be, they have to be dismantled for good. So what are they fearing here? Because I know they, they are worried about a three-front war. Uh, one from happen. the IRGC. You think it's going to happen? It's going to happen. From Syria, that's Iran, the IRGC. Yes. Then you have Hezbollah from the north, which yep. is uh, Lebanon. Yep. Uh, and they're already, they're already there on the border, right? They're taking pot shots. As we speak, they're taking pot shots. Uh, and then you have... You know, Gaza. Yeah. Uh, and so that and that is down on the south towards right. Egypt. Right. And so that is why this is so complicated. What, what, what Israel has been engaged in since the terror attack happened on last Saturday is they have been doing shaping operations. So basically what that means is they're taking out units uh, along the border. They're shaping their uh, route of attack once they go into uh, Gaza, which is going to be a sniper paradise uh, in Gaza. That's going to be very deadly. The worst kind of combat there is. So even if you take 200,000 troops into Gaza, which is a relatively small place, uh, that might not even be enough. It's going to be a very, very hard fight. Um, But shaping operations take time. Massing troops along three different fronts, I mean, that's colossal. I mean, and for the IDF, Israel is a small country. I mean, we have more Jews in the United States than are actually in Israel. Um, They just don't have the people. So... It's going to take a lot of prayer. It's going to take a lot of strategy and smart thinking to pull all of this off. But just think about that in that context, how difficult that's going to be, how imperative it is for them to do this. And then you're getting the full court uh, pressure from the Biden administration. It's insane. I don't think Israel's going to listen to us or anybody else, are they? I hope not. I mean, mean, look, this is here's the thing. Jews are expelled from every country, except for this one, every country they ever are in. There is always a program or, or you know, a holocaust wherever they are. Mm-hmm. They are either put into a ghetto or exterminated. That's the reason Israel exists. Yes. No longer do they have to have permission to defend themselves. Jews have a right to. To live. I know that's a crazy concept, but I have the t-shirt. Jews have a right to live. And uh, they have a right to defend themselves. Period. And if that's the way they want to defend themselves, I'm with them. I'm with them. I'm no longer buying into the bullcrap that, well, they want a two-state solution. No, they don't. No. No, they don't. No, they don't. They had the opportunity multiple times. They always turn it down. They want the destruction of Israel and the Jews. But does, period. But doesn't it say in the Hamas charter very specifically, we desire a two-state solution? No, it's weird. Oh, does it? It, it says just the opposite. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, Allah, tell us where the Jew is hiding behind the tree or the rock so we can kill them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's got that going And eventually the rocks, if I'm not mistaken, are going to actually yell out, there's yeah, a Jew behind me. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes which is, uh, that's in the charter yeah, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's, uh, that's really good. So yesterday, Iran was crazy. What? Well, no, sorry crazier than they usually are Uh, some of their official communications are let's just say getting a bit odd yes uh talking about and again this is official statements about the final battle of god is upon us that's a little alarming um but it also shows that israel's enemies our enemies see this in clearly a different it's it's not just a geopolitical like situation from them it's not a humanitarian situation from them, for them. 
I don't understand how everybody in the media can look at somebody who says, I believe that uh, America was a God-inspired place. And they go, religious zealot, they're going to kill us all. And they can listen to these clerics who say the final battle of time is here. And we will wash the world in the blood of the uh, Israeli Holocaust. We will we will use the fire of the Islamic fury to wash the world in blood. And everybody's like, yeah, they don't mean it. Maybe we can give them a, hey, how about we build apartments for them? Pallets of cash. Let's give them, maybe that I mean, one. it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, I, and, that, that's, that, and that wasn't the only communication that they were throwing out. They were also throwing out from their diplomatic channels that the state of Israel needs to heed the warnings that they have been. And this was, and this was all okay, within so the Okay, so what does that mean years. to you? As a former intel guy, what does that say to you? Well, <laughs> um, initially, I think that means heavy IRGC involvement. Um, that will also mean Shiite militias that are all throughout the Middle East doing God knows what. But they do have a plan. I think that that could progress towards um, closing down the two straits uh, that are in the uh, Middle East. Uh, that puts gas at $10 a gallon. What is the United States' role then? I mean, if I mean, Israel's not going to ask for our help militarily. They're not going to do it. Then they're fully capable. We don't have to intervene. Um, we'll probably have to intervene then. What else? What else will there be to do? I mean, all gas and oil flow stopping because Iran interve- intervenes and, and does so. I'm, Good thing we have those solar panels and those windmills, huh? <laughs> what would gas be? I, uh, At least ten dollars. Ten dollars a gallon. At least ten dollars. I mean, in California, you know. I don't know, eighty-seven dollars a gallon in California. But I mean, it, it, it is in California. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it it becomes, you know, this is what uh, Ian Fleming. I, you know, I've got a, I have a searchlight from the Suez Canal in my office. Don't ask me. I try to keep it quiet from my wife because every time she sees it, she's like, "What the hell did you?" Bu-? Anyway, it's a searchlight from the Suez Canal in World War Two. And um, it's missing the internal spinner that was created by a magician in uh, Egypt at the request of Ian Fleming. If it wasn't for Ian Fleming, I'm not sure we would have won the war. Sincerely. Um, Ian Fleming, the guy who wrote James Bond, was a war strategist and thought outside of the box like crazy. His job, one of his jobs, was how do we make the... Suez Canal disappear because if you bomb it or close it down, we're all done. We're done. We have to have the oil. And so his idea was he went to a magician and said, how do we make it disappear? And he said, we can't make it disappear, but we can confuse all of the pilots. Uh, And so they had these big arc lights with this mirrored spinner inside and they would point it at the planes as they approached and the planes would have to veer off because they couldn't, the pilots would get so confused. Um, that's why we have the Suez Canal. Now we're looking at that very scenario again. What are we going to do, magic men in Washington? What are you going to do? Well, the, the Iranians figured out how to do that without blowing up the Suez and that was them getting involved in Yemen. 
Um, that was the entire, every, everyone was talking about, you know, before, uh, I guess. Uh, why are we in Yemen? Yeah. And why are the Saudis like, let's not support the Saudis over there, which I'm not saying to support the Saudis, but they, no one could figure out why is Iran getting involved with the Saudis in Yemen? It's to, it's to shut down that strait. It is right there on the border of that strait, Bab el-Mandeb, that goes directly into the Suez. Right. That is the reason. We have an aircraft carrier there. We typically do. I know that we have one in the med and I think another one going to the med. I think there's a, a Marine amphibious ready group that is nearby to respond. But the, the closer this gets, I would not be surprised if, if the Biden administration does not shut down the ground invasion. If, 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 if Netanyahu says, no, we're, we're doing this our own way. We're, you know, we're you gonna... think Biden is going there to slow this down? Why else would he go? Well, I show support. Show support. Yeah. And I just don't think so. I, I, I don't see it. I, it feels like a full court pressure to get the Israelis to stop. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, or at least minimize what they're doing. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get them to stop. <laughs> I hope not. And, uh, you know, I would be fine with the um, Israelis saying to the president, we're a little busy right now. We want to thank you for your, mm-hmm. your, your, your little gift that you brought us from, I don't know, Tiffany's. It's great. It's a bowl. We'll put it someplace and we'll never use it. But thank Bye-bye. you for that. Goodbye. Be very nice about it, but goodbye. We've got a war to fight. Sometimes the value of a product or service relies heavily on the values of a company that's producing that product or service. Your mobile carrier is no exception to this rule. If you're tired of having to pay through the nose for phone service all the while, knowing that your money is going to fight against the things you believe. Patriot Mobile is there offering dependable nationwide coverage. You can access any of the three major networks that everybody's on because they're on the same cell towers. And you don't have to worry about part of your bill going to fund leftist causes. Send a message to the rest of the country that you believe in and support free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, all of these things. This this company was really built. In fact, I want you to just go to their website. I want you to look at their website. You tell me what company has a website like this, okay? PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Look at their website. Read it. See what they do. And tell me that's not a company you want to be involved in. 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. You'll get free activation when you use the offer code Beck. Join me. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We are carefully watching uh, the vote that is about an hour away in Washington, D.C. I got me a spreadsheet here, Glenn. Good. I'm working on it as we speak. It's uh, 23 names right now uh, that are questionable, no's, maybes. I'm away for the day. I'm picking up my kids at soccer practice, whatever the thing is. I like to be any place but there so I don't have to take a stance. <laughs> exactly. Whatever the uh, reason is, we ha- I have this all built out and I have it in order. Mm-hmm. So today on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash America, as this vote occurs, we'll go on live. We'll give you every name that's coming up. What is the next thing to expect? When something falls out of place, we'll know it right away. It's going to be a great place to come and watch along. Uh, we are doing a chat as well. Any of your questions, I'll try to answer. Um, 
any you have to be a follower of the page to chat so please do that youtube.com slash studios america uh and hopefully it's a good day maybe yeah, we'll get i some might good do one at uh youtube.com slash glenn and i'm gonna do it from my seat he'll do his from his seat uh right across the table so did you and recently acquire youtube.com slash glenn beck what <laughs> shut up youtube.com slash glenn beck is also another great yeah, page to follow you is. should definitely do that. it is so uh i would actually like to watch this with you Please do. I mean, it's gonna, so. it's, I mean it, the way if you're listening uh, live, uh, this is scheduled to happen basically right after the show ends. So we're going to go basically right into it. You in, you're in for that? I'd yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. It. I have to look at my schedule, but I think so. Oh, that seemed like an out. Yeah. It seemed like he had an out yeah, there. No, I might have to uh, pick uh, up my kids. <laughs> at soccer practice? <laughs> yeah, soccer practice. You know, they're not playing soccer. No. Uh, but <laughs> well, it's weird that they're hanging around the soccer fields that I was yeah. going to say. So you should pick them up immediately. <laughs> yeah, we'll have more analysis uh, on this coming up in just a second. Also, uh, a friend from uh, England, a new friend from England, uh, Father Calvin Robinson, an, Ang- an Anglican deacon uh, that has um, just been asked to leave uh, GB News in uh in england why wait to hear this story back program uh american made american giant is our sponsor for the blaze tv and when something is made in america i mean really made in america every piece from the ground up it usually can mean quality or crap one of the two uh i'd like to go back to the days where it really meant something you're wearing a a zip-up hoodie uh, the way that they were made back in the 1960s here in America, made by American Giant. Yeah, I've come to the point that I have a few of these now, and I always keep one of them in my car. Because you can kind of wear it anywhere, and it's also super warm and comfortable, and it just crosses off every... And strangely, every doesn't checklist. make you look like John Fetterman. No, uh, it's not. It's, a, it's a nice one. That's true. It's a nice one. Made and assembled here. Every rivet, every zipper, every stitch of thread, every thread, every drop of ink made here in America. Uh, go to American, American-Giant.com slash Glenn right now and find the clothing made here in America that's right for you. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Radio program begins in about 15 seconds. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We are an hour away from possibly selecting a new Speaker of the House. Very important. Otherwise, uh, hmm, 
I don't know. We fall into the hands of the Republicans who always have the great idea of, hey, why don't we work together with the left? Oh, my God. You can call your congressman right now. Make sure they're voting for Jim Jordan and put your personal differences aside. Please, congressmen and women, please. Can you? I don't know. Whole world's on fire. Let's get something done. We'll uh, have the update on that as we get closer. Also, Father Calvin Robinson is with us. He's an Anglican deacon, very outspoken in Great Britain, and uh, just been told, shh, shh, shut up, sit down. He's not. We'll talk to him in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about uh, LifeLock. Uh, You know, those cyber criminals, they're the best. Aren't they, Stu? They're the best. They're working in their mom's basement or in Vlad's basement. I love them. Yeah, I love them. There's nothing better. Productive citizens. They can uh, steal anything that belongs to you, including your name, your identity, all of it, your personal information. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity identity theft are affecting your life. Equally important to realize that there are measures you can take to help keep it from happening. Nobody can stop everything, but I'm telling you, help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. They're the best. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with a promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25%. All right. Father Calvin Robinson, an Anglican uh, deacon, is here to answer what the heck happened to Great Britain. Oh, my goodness. I wish I knew. In fact, I do know. <laughs> how are you? you I'm very well. How are you? Good. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. You bet. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. It's a mess. So, um, GB News, explain for anybody that doesn't know what GB News, Great right. Great Britain News, yep. uh, and it is a, a an independent voice. The premise of GB News was it was supposed to provide some kind of alternative perspective in England. So, we've got Sky News, we've got the BBC, we've got a number of state broadcasters, Channel 4, and they all sing from the same hymn sheet. It's right. a metropolitan liberal elite bubble. Mm-hmm. It's our Westminster bubble. Mm-hmm. Our press and our politicians all live in the same area and talk the same talk. But the vast majority of the country do not think like that. Correct. And we, there's a silent majority that felt left behind. And so um, GB News was started how long ago? Almost two years now. Two just, years. Just coming up to two years, yeah. And you guys do great work. Really great work. Thank you. And what happened? They've gone mainstream, unfortunately. Uh, This is the problem. If you try to offer an alternative perspective in England, you'll get clamped down upon. So we had, everyone was after us. You know, the left, the liberals were after us because we were coming from a, a lot of us were coming from a centre-right perspective, even though we have to show balance in the UK. So every single conversation we have, we have to have someone from the left and someone from the right. Oh, is that why it's so obnoxious? So I could say, I believe this, but other people believe that. You can never just say, this is my opinion, this is what I think. Because our broadcaster, uh, our broadcast regulator, Ofcom, clamped down heavily on due impartiality and balance. So we had that angle. We had the advertisers pulling out. If ever we mentioned anything, you know, the sanctity of life, for example, um, the sanctity of marriage being between one man and one woman, anything as controversial and outrageous as that, the advertisers would pull out. So on the one hand, we're trying to have balance in what we say. On the other hand, we've got to kind of feed the crocodile and make sure that the advertisers pay us. And then there's the woke mob. And the woke mob has been gunning for us since day one. And the woke mob isn't just the, the lefty liberals, it's also the other broadcasters. You know, people on the BBC and Sky were saying, close the whole thing down. We don't want any competition. It is crazy. It yeah, is, yeah. it is, it's unbelievable how many people are afraid 
of other people's opinions. Right. Well, they don't want a free press either, which is astounding to me. A broadcaster should experience a breadth of diversity of thought and sure. opinion. It should be a good thing. Right. But they're like, no, close those down. They're not part of, they call it the broadcast ecology. Oh, God. Uh, so you were fired uh, at GP. Yeah. The, I mean, the brief synopsis of that story is that my friend Lawrence Fox said on air something inappropriate about a woman uh, because she's a misandrist, she's a man-hating, fourth-wave feminist, and he was saying, who'd want to have a relationship with someone like that, someone who clearly hates men? But Wait, that was it? I don't know if I can use the word he said on air. Okay, no, probably you have right? different so standards talking around than it. we do. But, <laughs> yeah. um, he used an inappropriate word against her, but it's a word that she's used many times against men. And he was trying to say, this is a broader conversation here because the conversation was about men's mental health. The biggest killer in men under the age of 50 in the UK is suicide. Like, we have a serious men's mental health problem. And we were talking about this yesterday. If this kind of suicide, if this was anything else, anything else, yep. it would be called an epidemic. Yep. And all of these resources would be unleashed to stop this, figure out what's going on. But Glenn, men Nobody are at the cares. bottom of the intersectionality ladder, especially yeah, white men, all the way at the bottom. So there's no help provided. So wait a minute, your friend was so, the one who said this. Right. So she had a conversation first. This, this, this female commentator had a conversation uh, with someone who was saying we need a men's minister. So in our country, we have a women's minister in our parliament that looks after women's issues. Mm -hmm. He was saying we need a men's minister too, because men have particular issues and concerns that yes. need addressing. Either we don't have either, or we have both. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, we don't need a men's minister. It, men, are, men are the problem, men are the oppressors. Women have mental health issues too. It's all what aboutery, what aboutery. And essentially, my friend Lawrence Fox was asked to comment on this situation. And he said, look, she, people like her are the problem. Men hating, fourth-wave feminists. Who'd want to be with a person like that? Used an inappropriate word, one that wasn't illegal, but I would say is probably immoral. Mm. Should have been chastised for it. Should have been reprimanded for it. But he was suspended, and the host of the show that he was on was also suspended for providing, well, not providing enough challenge. And I said, we cannot call ourselves the home of free speech and then cancel someone for saying something <laughs> that we find <laughs> hey, offensive. And then I got suspended. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's just, it's shocking. Yeah, it's good. Um, I've, I've read some stuff that you have talked about, and I, I've got a lot to talk to you about. But one of them is... I was just over in in London, and it, uh, it it's just dead inside. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it uh, is also uh, not Great Britain that no. it used to be. If you look at the Palestinian, uh, oh, don't. It's a London is a separate country at this point. It is. I can walk around London London for half an hour and not hear a single English accent, or yeah. possibly even the English language. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The demographics, English people are in a minority in our capital city. And that is a little frightening because of what's happening this yep. week with yep. the Palestinians. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's happening here in the United States as well. I have no problem if you're for the Palestinians, but uh, not if you are for the killing yes. of innocence but, and not through war, but planned executions of walking into people's houses and just killing the whole family. Hamas is a proscribed terrorist organization in our country. And we have people out on the streets waving the Palestinian flag, supporting Hamas for what they're doing, for, for the kidnapping, the rape and murder of civilians and babies, for goodness sake, because they hate the Jews so much. 
this is the dividing line in our country. It is, it is the Muslims versus the Jews. It's those who support Israel versus those who support the Mohammedans, unfortunately. You know, out here, you seem to have a different picture. Abortion seems to be the line where you can, de you can determine if someone's on the right or left of politics. Mm -hmm. In our country, it's where do you stand with the Mohammedans versus the Jews? So is it about Israel um, or, or, or is it about, I mean, because I think it's not enough to be for Israel. You have to be for the right of the Jewish people to live. Mm -hmm. And um, there, that, that seems to separate yeah. uh, people uh, throughout history. You know, people will be, oh, no, I'm for Israel. I'm for, sure I'm for Israel. But they're not necessarily for the Jews' right to live. Right, right. Well, this is the problem. I mean, if you look at the entire area of the Middle East, Israel is surrounded by hostile states. It's Islamic states all the way around, and all they want to do is live in peace in the center of that, right. that hellhole. Right. And of course, they have to defend themselves. And the moment they do, people say, oh, you're oppressing us, and you're persecuting us. But I'm not saying there isn't nuance in this conversation. There's plenty of nuance to be had. On my show, I've talked about the persecution of Christians in Israel recently, mm -hmm. and that is ramping up mm -hmm. uh, by both sides, by the, Muslim, by the Arabs and the Jews. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be addressed but does not stop the Jewish people having a right to live. Do you have a problem? Because, I mean, um, Israel, I, I, I know the chief rabbi of the holy places, and his job is to oversee uh, Muslim, uh, Jewish, Christian holy places and make sure that they are all protected. Good. Okay, That's his job. Yeah. Um, however, I don't have a problem with the Jewish people having a a Jewish state. Yeah. Now it's not, but I I don't have a problem with that. Do you? I mean, if if that's what they want to do, they can they can do that now. When they start executing people like Saudi Arabia or you know Iran, oh, then I have a problem with it. But if you're saying, look, this is a home for Jews, yeah. I don't have a problem. Well. That is the only Jewish state. We have plenty of Christian states, Correct. plenty of Islamic states. That's the only Jewish state there is. Right. And I think it's important to have a state religion because it sets out the values for that country. It says, this is what we believe as a people. This is who we are. And it's the foundation of your culture. You have to have a set of values and principles that people subscribe to. So our founders thought the exact opposite. Ab no, that's not true, is no, it? No, no, no. A state religion. Yeah. They, they, we are a Judeo-Christian country but, but we don't have a state let's religion. go back to before you were a country though every single yeah. state that was set up in the united states was founded on a christian setting the yes. constitutions were explicitly christian whether it was right. you know presbyterian pentecostal anglican catholic all of the states were christian the Correct. problem was when they came together and when they stopped being these united states and became the united states and no no, no. I, the, the problem came our founders were were deeply um they knew that this country will fail if we ever lose our underpinnings yes. of god yes what they didn't want was no offense the anglican church they didn't want no, one no. church no. that was ruling everything i agree but it became implicit in your in your constitution of the united states god is implicit in the christian yeah, oh yeah. the christian god is implicit Correct. if it's not explicit it's not protected that's the problem and if we look all around the world, in Christian countries, everyone's right to freedom of worship is protected. But in countries that aren't Christian, you don't have that same freedom. Correct. Correct. So I, I saw in, um, in one of the articles you wrote, uh, I mean, you guys, you guys are in more trouble than we are, and we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, the number of abortions is about 200,000 per yeah. year, yeah. right? The number of marriages yeah. in Great Britain... 
also about 200,000 a year. Yeah. Abortions going up, marriage going down. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. No, we're killing the family, quite literally. We're killing ourselves off. The birth rate in the UK is down to 1.4. It might be even less than that now. So we're not even replacing ourselves. A mother and father isn't aren't having two children. And we are being outbred by people that do not like our culture and do not like our religion and do not like necessarily our state. So it's not a good place that we're in. We need to encourage families. We need to encourage marriage. We need to encourage fathers in particular. Fatherlessness is at a massive all-time high in our country. And we see the statistics show us that if a family breaks down before a child reaches the age of 18, they're twice as likely to end up homeless, twice as likely to end up failing school, and twice as likely to end up in prison or some kind of crime. It, it benefits society to have two parents. Back in just a minute. First, let me tell you about our sponsor, which is Mantis X. Um, you know, this is one of the things you guys should do over in Great Britain because we lose sponsors all the time. So we, we go to people who, you know, like our audience, like <laughs> gun makers and sound. Uh, anyway, uh, Mantis X. Uh, Mantis X will help you um, retain your ability to shoot and shoot accurately. It, ammunition is so expensive right now. I, I honestly, I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, I start firing rounds and all I'm doing is just I'm hearing I'm not hearing bang. I'm hearing cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And you don't know if you're even going to be able to replace that at times. You've got to keep your skills up. But uh, if you want to find a way that you can take this to the range and use it with bullets or you can just dry fire. And it is really good. It started with the uh, Marines and now the military is using this across uh, all their platforms. 94% of the people improve within 20 minutes of using Mantis X. It's a device. You just put it on the end of your the barrel of your gun. Then when you point, it tracks how, you know, if you're shaking, if you're drifting, it tracks it on your phone or on your iPad. And you can see it in real time. As you pull the trigger, it also shows you exactly what you're doing right and doing wrong and then tells you how to correct it. It's really amazing. Start improving today. Get yours at mantisx.com. That's mantisx.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. But not with revolvers and uh, rifles. Really? Yeah. Gun clubs are so weird over there. Uh, anyway, um, we want to uh, welcome back our uh, guest this half hour. It's Father Calvin Robinson. He's an Anglican deacon. Um, and we're just talking about the state of the Western world. This is happening. And we are, um, I mean, we're, we're committing suicide. Yeah. We're committing suicide. Uh, and nobody seems to care. And the churches are completely silent. Yeah. What do we do? If they're not silent, they're worse than that. They're complicit. Yes, right. This is the problem. In the Church of England at the moment, there's a conversation being had about how they can implement same-sex blessings. So essentially, approve of gay marriage. That's the same thing the Pope is doing now with his synod. He's like, same-sex yeah. same sex marriage blessings. Yes. Not the same, yeah. but it is. No, we're blessing the people, not the union. We're blessing, right. you know, it's legalistic nonsense. It's pharisaical. Right. pharisaical is what it right. is. And you can't ask God to... Uh, Bless what he has called abhorrent. So what, what do we do to fight this? Well, I think it has to be from the ground up. It has to be the laity. It has to be the, the faithful masses have to say, no, this is not okay. Because the leaders are captured. The liberals have taken over the Western church. And we see that everywhere from America to Canada to Australia, everywhere. New Zealand and England. Everywhere. However, so I was in Rwanda 
in, in Africa earlier this year, and there's so many faithful Anglicans out there. I went to the GAFCON meeting, so the primates from 85% of the world's representatives of Anglicans were there, and they were orthodox in their faith. And it reminded me that in America and England, we spread the gospel around the world. You know, in England, the British Empire spread it to the colonies, and mm -hmm. America likewise. Mm -hmm. And now it's time to get those people to return the gospel to us, because we have lost it. China is the same way. The people in Iraq and Syria, the Christians that were there, their faith is unlike anything I've, yeah. I've ever witnessed in America. Well, maybe it's because they are so persecuted out there. And we're going to get, you were hinting at, we're getting to a point where we might be persecuted for being Christians in the West. So maybe that will strengthen the church. How do we strengthen, if, if you're going to a church right now mm. and you have kind of a wishy-washy how do you strengthen for people who want to stay in their church, but they would like to yeah. get it back on track? Yeah, it's difficult. I struggle with this. I landed in America um, a few days ago, and I was looking for a church to go to on Sunday. I was looking around. All the Episcopal churches here had female priests, so obviously I couldn't oh, go yeah, to one of them. There. there was all kinds of wacky stuff. There was a 100% Jesus church, which I don't know what that means, as if all the other <laughs> churches don't have 100% Jesus, maybe 80%. Oh, I Oh, I went to a I went to a church where the where I swear to you with a cross on the steeple it said the pastor said, "Now you all know that I don't believe in God, but and I was like, what? What? How is that even possible? So, hundred percent Jesus, that's a step. Oh, up. this universalism is taking yeah, over. I know, but it was, I mean, there were so many churches. Is my point, but it was so difficult to find a good, solid church with sound teaching. That's the problem. So I don't know what the faithful do. If they walk away and say, we're not going to stay here because you're not teaching the Bible, maybe that will leave the corrupt organizations, organizations to continue what they're doing. So maybe that's not the best approach. Maybe stay and fight from within, but then you're not receiving sound teaching. I don't know what the answer is. You optimistic or pessimistic for the West? I have hope because... It doesn't matter what happens to the West. This might be the end of the Western civilization as we know it. You know, empires have risen and fallen throughout human history. We have taken for granted that what we have now will always be, but it doesn't need to be. Uh, as long as we maintain our faith, that's what's important. The kingdom to come is what's important. What we are experiencing now, it doesn't really matter. So maybe the West will crumble. We can't cling on to it too tightly. We have to help it as much as we can. We have to advance the kingdom, but we can't make an idol of Western civilization. Yeah, we can't lose our first citizenship to save our second. Absolutely. That's and, what we're putting it. And, they are, and, and there are many examples of, of that. Mm. And it's amazing to me how many Christians <clears throat> who claim to be believe in a biblical God, but see the saving of the West as too big of a miracle. We've got to do it. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, raising people from the dead, that's a little harder than, you know. Well, I mean, it goes two ways, doesn't it? We have to pray, but we also have to do. enact things. Yeah, we have, God yeah. works through us. Yeah. It's, the, it's weird. We are, we are self-hating egomaniacs mm. so, many, so much of the time. We yeah. either deny the power of, of God uh, and think we're all powerful, or mm. we, we deny any power or any uh you know ability to do anything about yeah, it yeah. and put it all on god where it's it's kind of a little a mixture of both it is yeah there's a massive problem of us trying to make gods of ourselves at the moment so you're going back to england what are you doing um well i'm just going back to my church uh so i've always been bivocational so i've got a parish church that i'm responsible for and i also had the media stuff i don't have the media stuff anymore um so i don't know what i'm going to be doing next well maybe we can help you there's oh. a, another gb news here kind of <laughs> called blaze you believe in freedom news. you believe in christ that's, yes that's we do start. yes we do <laughs> thank you so much father appreciate it that's all god bless 
Father Calvin Robinson, Anglican Deacon. You can find him at calvinrobinson.com. calvinrobinson.com. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. So on top of everything else, you know, bad that's going on is really uh, Hamas conflict is stirring up oil prices. We talked about that earlier. If the uh, uh, the straits are, are lost in this, you know, you're you're looking at least 10, 15 dollars a gallon of gas. Global oil prices are starting to shoot up now. Uh, it's trading at about eighty six dollars a barrel. It could hit one hundred. I've seen sustained one hundred and fifty dollar a barrel predictions. We know what happened last time. Uh, that was true. Here in the United States, this it, it changes everything. Here's what I would like you to do. I don't want you to do anything based on what I tell you. I want you to do your own homework. You're smart enough to figure things out. But do your homework on gold and silver. Do your homework on uh, the euro getting parity now with the U.S. dollar. What does that mean and what's happening to the dollar? Right now, this week, I want you to call Goldline. They have a golden opportunity. Purchase a tube of quarter-ounce gold Mayflower rounds and get a five-pack of their popular two-ounce maple, maple uh, uh, flex bars out of silver. You'll get them for free. Fortify your financial future. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. We're going live for the Jordan vote on YouTube.com slash America. Go there, follow the page now, and we'll have all the details. We're going to be covering uh, live on social media at uh, Stu's YouTube page. YouTube.com slash Stu Does America. Uh, coming up in about 25 minutes, we're going to be uh, covering the uh, the vote on Jim Jordan. Anxious to see how that goes. He still does not have uh, as many votes as he needs, but he is close. Yeah, what's likely to happen, uh, most likely scenario, is he's going to come pretty close. And then they will go back into conference and try to convince the people who they think they can win over. They will have one vote coming back as one representative is away for a funeral today. Um, so they would have in a second vote one, probably one more vote. There is a, a somewhat disturbing report, if accurate, that... Mm, I don't want to hear disturbing. That... Say it with the Band-Aid off. Okay. Um... <laughs> So basically, if you think about the way this is structured, right, Jordan, obviously a favorite of conservatives, mm-hmm. right? You to get through to 217, you're going to need a bunch of moderates. Many more than I believed would come along have come along already. Like they're, they're close. They're closer than I thought they would be. But there is a report that many of them have many of them has said off the record, basically, if he can't get to 217 on this first vote, we're going to start going a different direction. So if they don't get that 217 on the first vote, then you see these guys who didn't really want to vote for Jordan anyway, but are going along with the group. And What's trying their new to be, direction? What is their new direction? I mean, one of them floated McCarthy again. Oh, God. Now, the Democrats are starting to float ideas as well. Mm, of course they are. Ideas like selecting individual representatives. They think they could pull off five or six votes from the Republicans with and vote all the Democrats plus five or six republicans if they do that if those republicans they ought to they know they've got to know but they're probably already in purple districts in some ways it might actually help them in their elections 
And yes, you're right. They would get punished by the caucus and they would get, uh, they would get punished and, and take all sorts of internal hits for that. But Only five of them are needed. Only that's five. It. That's of them. why we need seven to do Jim Jordan and five to do, you know, whomever the Democrats are picking. That's yeah. insanity. Yeah. I mean, this is the why this was such a risky process, right? Again, I, I don't know, think anyone who, who thought it was not a good idea to get rid of McCarthy was like, I just love McCarthy so much. Like, that was never the argument, at least from our side of this. The argument is you're taking a very large risk for a, a controlled gain. Jim Jordan would be a good speaker of the House, but he has very little going on here as far as what he can do other than investigations. I will say the good thing about Jordan, if he does win, when Republicans do get that power back, him being in control will be a big deal. So this could still be a win. It's not it was never a definite loss by any means. No, it could be a huge win win. and it could be okay. Yeah, there there are ways this can go. But what happens here is you opened up up the situation to catastrophe why is it why is it it that the democrats can always get the craziest people Mm -hmm. and we can't get somebody who's just like i don't know i believe in the constitution and we should stop spending so much money yeah that is is, i mean it is it's despicable if you republicans are despicable pure politics wise it's an impressive thing for the democrats They, they are able to put in you know, what I would argue are some of the worst people in our society in positions of power and get them through their conference. I don't know what that says about their uh, uh, their conference is is pretty significant. I think I'd like Uh, to teach. I'd like to teach (laughs) a principle here to Mm -hmm. the uh, Republicans. Okay, what was the problem with Afghanistan? The way we pulled out of Afghanistan, what was the problem? Uh, you're going to want me to limit this to one thing? Yeah, limit it to one big thing. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- how about that we uh, destroyed the work of our, our hardworking military members? Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. But how did we do that? We l- left them out there to crumble. Mm-hmm. And left uh, them out there to crumble. The entire society, really. All, uh-huh. the, all yeah. our allies yeah. in the country. Yeah. Um, right. How women, did children. that happen? How did that happen? Uh, what caused that? What caused that? Mm-hmm. Um, weakness. I, I'm just sorry. The, there is a point to this. Weakness, cowardice, incompetence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they are getting closer, getting warmer, getting warmer. Ideological distaste for good things. Lack <laughs> of a plan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Afghanistan, we could have ended that if we had a plan. But. The president said, and that was the plan. We're going to get out on September 11th. Okay. That's not a plan. That's a disaster waiting to happen. Kind of like Mr. Gates, who said, without a plan. Okay. Look, as we noted at the time, a lot of Matt Gaze's uh, cons- uh, criticisms of the situation were I valid. I hold dear myself. Mm-hmm. I hold many of the things yes, you said very dear valid. myself. Mm-hmm. But I'd like a plan. 
Now, Gates will be voting for Jordan today. And if I like that. that. Thank you. I, look, I don't think this was the plan at the beginning. No. Um, no. But we if this is how it turns out. If that were look, the plan. As you pointed out with the Russian roulette thing, sometimes you pull the trigger, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know, sometimes maybe it, it, something comes out and gives you a nice little temple massage. Um, so something is, we might, this might wind up turning out positive and that's great i hope it does i am enough of a pessimist to never believe that's going to occur right maybe it will why why because the republicans (laughs) why don't we because we never have a plan now let me say let me do the opposite what was the plan of hunter biden and joe biden most likely when hunter went to work for the oligarchs in ukraine what was the plan my guess is the plan was, hey, dad's 100 years old. Uh-huh. His career's about to end in uh-huh. a few months. We better cash in as much as possible okay. until then. Okay, that's a good plan. That I was... mean, if you're a criminal, right. that's a good plan. <laughs> it is a right? good plan, Okay, yeah. But then somebody at the table should say, what if that goes wrong? Mm. What was their plan? Uh, I think a fake email address from Joe Biden was their plan. Okay. (laughs) You'll never find this. And their plan has another plan and another plan and another plan. Well, we deny it. But what happens if they find it? We still deny it. What happens if they find that? Well, then we start changing our story. We go to the P- a me- a PR campaign to the media and we yeah. make them say all of our lies for us. Just just to make Europeans happy, we're at plan ZZ on the stupid Biden thing. Mm-hmm. They've already gone through plan A, plan C, plan D, E, F, G, all the way through the alphabet twice. They had a plan. They still have a plan. That's how they get evil stuff done. But because we can't seem to get our. I wish I were not on FCC regulated air uh, airwaves. But then again, Jesus popped into my mind and said, do you really? So, no, we can't get our crap together. We can't seem to come up with a single plan. You know what the Biden administration, their people are doing right now? Actually, it's Obama's people. They're making a plan for when they've stolen the next election (laughs) and they are coming in with, I don't even know who, Michelle Obama. They got that plan. I can guarantee you they got that plan. Here's what I would like to say. Republicans... You're idiots. You can't seem to get out of your own way. This hasn't even failed yet. Well, you know how much faith I have in Republicans. Mm -hmm. I will be glad to say this was wonderful, but I will never say this was your plan. You know how people call up and go, no, see what they're doing is they've got John. They've got John Roberts on the. No, they don't. No, they don't. (laughs) There is no plan. They're Republicans. There's no plan. So, here's what I would like to just say. If you would like a repeating of Afghanistan in all of your life, don't have a plan. Now, there are times when you want to get away from something really, really super bad. Okay? This is where you should have a plan. For instance, I'm trapped in the bottom of the Titanic. 
And uh, I got to get out of the room because it's going to be a watery death. If the door is steaming that I'm going to go through, I'm probably walking into a fiery death. But just grabbing the door and going, oh, that's hot and opening it up isn't a plan. You die either way. Don't run from something. Run to something. So if they would have said, McCarthy, we got to get rid of him. We have to stand up. Great. Where are you headed? Well, somebody else. That's not a plan. That's not a destination. We're headed towards Jim Jordan. Okay. Do we have the support? Or is that a door we're going to touch and go, and we're going to walk into a fiery death trap? Thus endeth today's lesson. Have a plan. Okay. You have a heartbeat. That means generally you're alive. Yeah, well, what about brain waves? Uh-huh. We're talking about a heartbeat is a sign that you are alive. Now, I have never seen a lump of flesh that was like a tumor have a heartbeat unless it was connected to the real heart, the only heart in the body. Lumps of flesh, they don't have heartbeats. It's an easy way to tell what's alive and what's not. That's why when preborn comes in, they come in with a free ultrasound. So these expectant mothers that are caught in this crisis, when they hear the baby's heartbeat and then sees the baby there, fingers and toes and everything else, a baby's chance at life doubles. And then preborn continues to help provide critical uh, care for that mama and baby. Not just until the birth, but for two years. These people have a plan, and it works, and it saves moms and children. Would you like to help? Tax-deductible gift will go directly to this cause of the ultrasounds. 28 bucks can save a baby's life. To donate, pound 250 is the number. Just dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby, or you can donate securely online at preborn.com slash back. That's preborn.com slash back. Sponsored by Preborn. The Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck program. We're going to uh, Stu's YouTube page, youtube.com slash Stu Does America. Uh, and we're going to uh, we're going to go over the vote. And I, I, I may begin to drink again. I'm not sure. Um, but it should be interesting. You know what? Stu, it's going to be interesting to see how these people work it out, isn't it? That is how I always feel about everything yeah, now. Ever yeah. since you came, brought that piece of knowledge to us, yeah. I felt yeah. great about it. Just It kind of gives you denial over what yeah, may just, happen. Hmm. Shrug your shoulders. Yeah. Nothing you can do about yeah. it. Be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. Uh, here is uh, a Cornell professor on the Hamas attack. Listen to this. There are many thousands of goodwill. There are thousands of goodwill, many Palestinians conscious. 
who abhor violence as they do, as do I, who abhor the targeting of civilians as do you, as do I, who are able to breathe. They were able to breathe for the first time in years. Wow, that's great. It was exhilarating. It was exhilarating. Oh. It was energizing. And if they weren't exhilarated by this challenge of the monopoly of violence, Okay, stop. I was exhilarated, he said, when he was watching this. And you're not human if you weren't exhilarated. Yeah. Or, you know, or not. Or you're a monster. I'm not really sure. Uh, Play uh, cut three. Here are Palestinian supporters stomping on the Israeli flag in San Diego. So that's going well for him in California. Stomping on the Israeli flag. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, how about uh, how about this one? Um, the Palestinian flag raised on a, uh, a statue in London of uh, King Charles, which is great. Yeah, he's uh, they're putting the uh, Yasser Arafat headwear on him and uh, Palestinian flag. A lot of respect there. Um, okay, here's the reason why we have to decide who we are. Had a really wise man on earlier today, and he was talking about you know uh, has to be an official sta- uh, church. No, no, we're different in America. We don't believe in that, but we do believe in the Judeo-Christian principles. That's what we were founded on, and we cannot coexist with people who don't have a Judeo-Christian attitude. You can be a Muslim. But not believe in the parts of the Quran that says, oh, rocks, tell me where the Jews are so I can kill them. You know what I mean? It, you, 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 you could be a Muslim and say, now, you know, I don't buy into that part of the Quran where I can take people as slaves. Because that's what Judeo-Christians believe. There's slavery things in there. Okay? We don't do that. We don't do that. The problem comes in when... People come into the country and they do not share your values. Values and principles are different than ideas, different than, you know, different ways of life, culture. That's fine. You have to unite around principles and values. And I'm sorry if you were exhilarated at the killing of babies and children who are just being executed in cold blood, uh, you know, You're a human, sure, but not one that really fits into the scheme of the Western way of life and civilization. Program.